Yo, 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 what is up? Welcome to Riff on, Riffs on Tap, episode number 33. I'm your host, Alejandro, joined as always by... Riley. Riley. And Brock. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no no Brock today. Uh, it's a two for today. Uh, just me and Riley. Uh, and if you can hear that, Riley just cracked <laughs> open into our beer of the week. We've got Swifty APA. Um, what you got? What do you know about this beer? You know anything about this beer? I don't know much about it. I know I've had a bunch of real ale beers. I think we've had a couple on the podcast. Yes. Uh, solid Brewing Company. Uh, they have Fireman's Four. They make that. It's one of my favorites of them. An American pale ale as compared to an Indian pale ale. I'm not sure um, what the difference is. Uh, I, I'm not 100% either. I know I've read about it before. I believe it has to do with the actual brewing process. Um, it's like an IPA is like, it gone, It goes through like the the process of brewing multiple times, I think, to get more flavors in there. And this, I don't know, I, I might as well just look it up while, you know, while we're here talking about it. But yeah, real ale, really good stuff. I like this one. It's, I do. It's got an IPA flavor to it. It's like, it's flavorful like an IPA, but it doesn't taste as bitter. Though. No. Which I do enjoy that. And it's less alcohol percentage than a lot of IPAs. 5.2%. It's not too bad. Yeah, 5.2 is a good standard. If you're above 5, I would say that's like solid. Like I, you know, I'm I'm chilling with that. I'm happy. Yeah. So uh, just going straight from Google here. An APA is a straightforward pale ale made in the American style, which is simple pale malt combined with big American hops. An IPA is a bigger, hoppier, higher alcohol version of a pale ale. One is a beer and the other is an association. <laughs> okay, hold on there. So it gave me two definitions there. Uh, one was the the beer definition we're yeah. looking for, and the other was uh, something to do with the Association of American Psychologists, but that's neither here nor there. Um, okay, so that makes sense. Uh, it's just a pale ale with the... You know, I think it's just a fancier word of saying, instead of just calling it a regular pale ale, it's just like... Yeah, it's American. It's American pale yeah. ale. Um, but like it said, like the the IPAs have a, like a hoppier flavor, and they're typically like higher ABVs. Yeah. Um, this one's 5.2, is solid. Um, definitely not as bitter and no, as hoppy on it. No, not at all. Yeah. And, and I, I, that's the one thing I know. I know people most... Most people who are not big beer fans will always say like, oh, I don't like IPAs. Like, it's really bitter. It tastes weird. I'm like, and I totally get it. Yeah, there are some IPAs where like, even like a Hopadillo from Carbock. Yeah. That, I, I, if you haven't had it in a while, it's just, it kind of hits you. It's so bitter. I think that's the purpose of IPAs. Hits you harder. Yeah, it's definitely I'm a lot pretty more Pretty sure that's there. why it was started. People started brewing IPAs. Hmm. I have I have no idea. I honestly don't know the history of, which is something I need to get better at. We yeah we for a beer podcast we don't know a lot about the history of beer. We know a lot about the history of music. Like that's right up our alley. Yeah, history of beer. No, we just drink a lot of beer. Yeah, we're beer enthusiasts. You know, I wouldn't say you know we're beer connoisseurs. You know, we're not beer scientists, beer experts. Yeah, we we do enjoy a good beer. Like you can tell, like you know, when you try a new beer. You know, right off the bat for us, it, we're like, yeah, we like this beer. We're going to stick with this. Um, we have had some bad beers. What was the one that uh, was at the bar? You said never get. It was uh, something milk, like dragon oh, milk. Oh, dragon's milk. Yeah. yeah. No, it is not a good beer. 
yeah, like we, yeah, you know when you're drinking a beer and you're just like, this ain't it, like this ain't yeah. it, chief. Well, um, and a lot of them, like I, I don't like a lot of the fancier IPAs. I guess the more flavorful stuff, just not for me. I like a little bit of that bitterness, and then I don't stouts or hit or miss, uh, especially like breakfast stouts. Oh. I don't think I've ever had a breakfast stout. They're not very good. They're very sweet. Okay, well, well, okay. So talking about sweet, sweet and bitter. Okay, that that's interesting. So there's a couple flavors that are like I feel uh, for me stand out in beer. One is we've talked about for sours. I think having a beer that is sour, which last week's beer was kind of sour, because it was the plum sweet and sour. And it leaned more on the sweet side, like a wine cooler, but it did have that little bit of bite in the back of like that sourness, like a, of a true sour, um, sours, and then sweet beers. Previously, we had that Shiner, the the marsh, the toasted marshmallow, yeah. and the chocolate one. Those were like sweet, but just like the right amount of sweetness. Yes. Um, but yeah, sweetness and sour are two flavors that I think are really interesting in beer. And with with those, it's usually I can have one or two of them, probably just one. And then I'll switch back to a regular beer. I'm not going to consistently drink those. Yeah, I don't think that they're meant to be drank, like, in large consumption. Like, it's meant for, like, a special occasion. Like, yeah. you know, I'm going to have myself, you know, uh, uh, something different. Um, and you have one of those. But, yeah, I don't think uh, they were brewed with the intention of people, like, this is the beer I'm drinking this afternoon, today, on a Saturday, yeah. or whatever. Um but yeah, that sweet and sour one, I think if you like that wine cooler flavor, I know we talked about it more last week, um, but that one, uh, I think it's on a try. I think it's local, though. Like I said, it's from Dallas, I believe it's the brewing Fort company. Fort Worth. Yeah, Fort Worth. And so uh, if you're in Texas and you have access to that beer, give it give it a try. Um, Real Ale, I believe you can get pretty much ev- everywhere in the country. Yeah. Um, I'm liking the Swifty. I like the can design, too. Baby Blue Can. It's like an old like 50s, 60s style logo. Mm-hmm. Really enjoy it. Yeah, where, that's a Houston, right? Real ale? Or is that Austin? Ooh, I'm Blanco. not. Blanco. Blanco, Texas. There you go, baby. So uh, not far. Yeah. Not far from here. But what's it called? So I know we talked earlier. You've been listening to a lot of new stuff. You showed me a new artist. Can you uh, give me a refresher on who the artist was? Yes. Yeah, so her name is Sarah F- Sierra Farrell. Uh, I believe her first album recently came out a few months ago. Um, two new singles out as well but fantastic I sent her to Noah I just wanted to get his me and Noah have very similar music tastes uh, he fell in love as well very classic sounding like sounds like something out of the 40s uh, love it fantastic voice highly recommend checking her out uh, especially on YouTube she has a lot of live stuff on YouTube more acoustic sets look her up you said her name was Sierra Farrell? Sierra Farrell. Um, yeah. I don't think there's any relation to Will Farrell, but. Yeah, well, I was going to ask on the spelling too. Is it like Farrell as in, yeah, Will Farrell, or is it like Farrell? No, Farrell as in Will Farrell. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, uh, what was the name of the song that you showed me earlier? I really like that song. In Dreams. In Dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Her voice is really, really good. I there, think that was the. A lot of vocal control. Uh, it's so like, wavy. I don't fucking know how to explain it, but yeah, just I think, mesmerizing, really. Yeah. So, uh, I once again, neither of us are vocal experts. Uh, the person who knows most about like vocal technique is, is definitely Noah, uh, since he's spent a lot of time practicing. I know just like 
like I like a tip of the iceberg stuff from from doing choir in, in both high school and college. Yeah, having that ability to move like be able to move between notes so well. Um hitting and sustaining a note that's one thing, but being able to like move through a scale yeah. so like fluidly the way she did was really, really cool. Yeah. Um yeah, she vocally she's super, super talented. I I really enjoyed uh what I've heard from her so far. Yeah, and I found so there's a Spotify playlist called Indigo and it's like new country music. I've just been listening to that. I can't even get through the whole thing because I find one person that I like and I'll just start listening to them. Uh, another female country artist that I found on there, Cat Hasty. Very good. Recommend a lot of good young female artists coming up and I'm very excited about that. I think we need a Texas country female artist revolution. Need more of them out. No, I, I totally feel you, man. Uh, I know just in the last five, six years, obviously the big Houston, uh, the big person out of Texas was coming out of Houston, Casey Musgraves. Yeah. Um, and I know we've talked about it a lot that, you know, for me personally, I like Golden Hour a lot. I think that album's fantastic. I totally understand why it won Grammy for Album of the Year. Um, but I have listened to some of her other stuff, and it just, some of it clicks me, some of it doesn't. Uh, I think the hard part for her is that her, all of her music is very melancholy. Yeah. So, like, if you're not in that mood, it, I just don't feel like her music going to uh, sit well with you or resonate with you. Uh, but if you're in that mood, like, that melancholy, sad mood, like, yeah, her music hits. It slaps. It, like, hits hits a chord very. for sure. Yeah. Also started getting back into Dwight Yoakam, the last artist that I'll talk about. But uh, Dwight Yoakam, just absolute fucking country legend, has so many hits I don't know how many number ones um, very unique voice there's really nothing like it in any genre of music um, great songwriter I think he's only si- he's 65 I say only still relatively young for one of the legends trying to go see him in Round Rock hopefully we can um, I heard he still puts on a fantastic concert I was going to ask, I know you brought it up earlier this week about the concert. Do you happen to remember where it's going to be at? Because I know Round Rock, that's where they have the soccer stadium now for uh, the Austin FC. No, it was at an amphitheater. I can't okay. remember what. Um, but, yeah. But, uh, yeah, because I wasn't sure, like, how big of a show it was going to be, if it was going to be, like, a big, big, massive It'll show. It would be or... a, a very good-sized show, I would say. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I heard he's still, you know, Sings just as well, dancing on stage still. Full, full Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. No, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully my my schedule will work out to where I will be able to go up there because I believe it's the Friday, I think. Yes. Um, so hopefully, yeah, it'll, it'll all work out. I'll be able to go to that show and I won't have to like, go to work the next day or something. Also, Sierra Farrell already obviously looked up concerts and shit. Just yeah. got, found her last night trying to f- go see her already. But uh, she'll be playing at... Moody Amphitheater in Austin, mm-hmm. uh, May seventh, opening for Ray LaMontagne. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. Never listened to him. Nope, but. never heard of him. Um, dude, there was actually a concert today that I I was like almost tempted to be like, "Hey Riley, like we're not gonna record today, or if we do, we're gonna record on our phone and do some like on the road recording." Because um, guess who's fucking playing in Austin tonight? Who? Uh, Half Alive. Oh shit. And I was like, oh, fuck. Because I was like, oh, the album came, the first part of the album came out, and I was like, they'll probably wait to do a summer tour. And I didn't really know they fucking are in the middle yeah. of the tour. And I was like, fuck. And so uh, I was like, you know what? It, it just wasn't meant to be. 
Um, even if we had recorded yesterday or whatever, it just I got work. I had a long day today, and so like it just it was it's gonna be hard to go all the way up to Austin, go for a concert, then drive back. Um, but uh, would have been an interesting episode though. Yeah, it would have. You've never a, done an on the road recording. Uh, I've thought about it, like how because uh, I there's some other podcasts that they've had to record on the road with no with like no uh, equipment, and hundred uh, percent we would have. Uh, fucking apple recording yeah. fucking use that each record our own tracks and we'd edit that together somehow um but yeah no um i'm trying to think of other concerts coming up that uh i'm looking at or is there anything you've been seeing or anything you're looking forward to uh i think randy rogers in a few weeks is gonna be at um floors uh going i believe i'm going to see cody johnson march 12th nice uh only other two I have planned are we're going to see Tears yeah, for Fears, yeah. and three days later I'm going to see Willie Nelson and Zach Bryan. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. Um, I've been looking, I've been trying to get to a lot more concerts. I know me and Brock last week just went and saw Josh Turner. That's right, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah Cowboys. How He's fantastic. I mean... Deepest voice in country music by far. I don't care <laughs> what anyone says. Puts on a great show. Plays all the bangers. I think he played for a while. Hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. Uh, it's only $20. He was referencing the merch a lot. I'm sure because it was only a $20 concert. And <laughs> someone as big as Josh Turner. He's going to be like, oh, I've got to make some money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, put on a great show. Loved it. Cowboys is cool. I've never been there before. See, I I heard you guys talk about it before, so I thought maybe you guys have gone out there for like a, you know, because I know it's, it's a dance hall, so yeah. go out for like a Friday night, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, driving like on my way to Austin or whatever on thirty five there, like it looks cool. It's a big venue. It looks pretty oh, big. Yeah. Um, but uh, no man, I've uh, this week I've listened to quite a bit of music. Um, a, a lot of stuff out of the usual for me. Um. Or just I, like I went back to some stuff today that I was really liking, um, but I just want to go through a couple things that I listened to. Um, um, let's see here, the Oliver Tree album came out, Cowboy Tears. Um, plays a lot of acoustic guitar on there, but still a lot of the same stuff he'd been doing. Some of it kind of where it's like I can't tell if any of this is real or not. Like, are you actually talking about a girl that broke your heart type yeah. of thing? Like, or is this just like part of your act? Uh, but it, it was overall pretty solid. I haven't gone back for subsequent listens, but it was good the first time through. Uh, Tame Impala put out um, their last album, The Slow Rush. They put out some B-sides and remixes, and uh, they were fire, man. They, it was it was all good. All The, the remixes were good. The new songs were good. Uh, overall, really, really enjoyed it. Um, the other one was Wax Motif. He's a DJ from Australia. Plays like house, dance, you know, house, tech house type of music. And, uh, fuck, it's been on repeat, like, easily. Like, I just, like, the album ends, and I'm just like, yeah, just keep it going. Just keep I, it going. I love when you find music like that, where you listen to it the first time, and you're like, I have to keep listening to this. I can't stop. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's how, like, I judge my albums on, like, yeah, I really like that album because I wanted to keep it on repeat. I felt that way about the Half-Alive album, yeah. the, the Give Me Your Shoulders Part 1. That was fantastic. Yeah, I, I felt like it was something right for Allie, which, um... So last week we, I believe it was last week we updated the playlist with some more music and I was listening to it today and, um, 
I hit a song that I really fucking liked. It was one you added, and because like just a little behind the scenes here, we'll add songs to the playlist, but we may not listen to all of them. Uh, like Riley will add like five or six songs, yeah. and then when I get a chance, I'll go through and listen to them. But you know, I kind of just said, "Hey, add the songs you want to add," you know, and keep them on there so uh, people who listen can get an idea of what we're listening to. Um, the Kilby Girl by the Backseat Lovers, fantastic, really fucking great. Yeah. I really liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I have heard the other song you put on there, like "The Smell" by Leonard Skinner. I've already heard that one. Stuck in the middle. I already heard. Um, but I hadn't heard Kilby Girl yet, and because uh, I was listening to it, and it was right after Hot Tub on the playlist, and I was like, "Ooh, this song sounds really familiar." And I was like, "I really like this." So I was like, "Oh, is this like Half Alive or something, or uh, someone like that?" And I was like, "Oh no!" And it was it was a song you had added. And I was like, "Wow, this is really fucking good. I really like this." Um, yeah, that uh, that style of music is just so interesting. I don't know what it is about it. Yeah, it, it is very like I don't know, it's easy to listen to. Um I don't know how to how do you explain that? Like that style. Like soft pop sort of Yeah, it's like vibes. It yeah, um I wouldn't say alternative. It's no. like it's like pop music. It's stuff that like is easy to sing along to. Like you hear the chorus the first time and it's real easy to to sing along the second time you yeah. hear the chorus. Uh, in the song and like it's I don't want it to sound like negative here but I, I want this to sound like in the most positive regard is the topics on a lot of the songs are things that are general enough to where everyone can relate to it yes. be like yeah like oh I totally uh, that feeling or whatever and I'm just like it's, but it's not like lazy right yeah because you have those songs that they're easy to relate to just because they're so lazily written yeah there's a lot of that in like pop country where it's like um you know, going down to the river with the girl, drink some beer. Yeah, know, exactly. Whatever. Not that lazy. It's yeah. not that <laughs> that lazy. Yeah, it's uh, like solid writing, but just, I don't want to say dumbed down. Yeah. But I guess just made easier to listen to. Very relatable, easy to sing along with. Yeah. Everyone can can find a line that, that just resonates with you. Like, yeah, man, I do remember when she said that. Yeah. It'd be like, just fucking, yeah. Um, but very, very good stuff. Um, and that's where so talking about songwriting I forgot who said it um, but they were talking about you know a lot of people try to make things so general when in fact most people will resonate more if you say something very specific about you know where you were growing up or you say a certain bar name and whether they might not know that bar or that town or whatever but they can relate to that town they have that bar no, exactly, and so that's why like I really liked. Um, I showed you the the Winnetica Bowling League song uh, "Fuck It, I Miss You." Yeah, and that one like it it feels really really specific. Like this happened to the writer, this stuff happened, and so uh, but like it's still like oh yeah you 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 understand that feeling yeah. that he's trying to convey so well. It makes um, it personal. Yeah, and it, it's it's funny because yeah, like just like you said, like you don't want to make it general on purpose it's it needs to be personal yeah. for it to really connect but even with it being so personal and so specific like mm-hmm. the way a, a writer may describe the person they're talking about um that like you can still draw your own conclusions yeah. about the person you're thinking about that yeah. we can reference cloud hoppers 99 percent of people have not gone to cloud hoppers mm-hmm. but i would say 
95% of people have that Clodhopper's bar that they go to or used to go to. Yeah, exactly. It's like the, I think the way we can describe Clodhopper's for us that may like have more of a concrete example is think of the bar in Cheers. Yeah. Like the bar where like, you know, you got your regulars and everyone shows up and everyone knows you and everyone knows each other. Mm -hmm. That's our Clodhopper's. Like yeah. That's, and so, uh, exactly. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, but overall, like, uh, yeah, I've been just listening to a lot of music, just trying to mix it up a little bit more. Um, until today, I was, uh, I had a lot of manic en energy today. I was, like, just really, like, full of energy, but doing nothing. I had nowhere to spend it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, needed, I needed some music to go along with it to help maybe drain my energy, get me back to normal. So I was like, man, you know, I, I played Ultimate by Denzel Curry, uh, which is an absolute banger. Uh, I would put him on the map. Um, and I, I listened to look at me by XXXTentacion and I was like, damn, this fucking, this shit goes hard. And I was like, I need some just like ignorant rap. Like I need some fucking ignorant shit. And so I was like looking at my phone and I was like, I just don't have any, I don't have anything ready right now for something like that. I don't have like a little pump playlist or something. Um, and so I was looking at my playlist and I just happened to scroll down and see memes. And I was like, well, I'll click on that and I'll see what's in that playlist. And I remembered that this playlist just has absolute trash, garbage ass fucking shit. And I just like, it was perfect. It was exactly what I needed. Um, it has a lot of songs by D-Bangs, which I don't know if you've ever heard of D-Bangs before or not. if I've ever talked about him before. He's a rapper out of Phoenix. And I just, um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to put a couple of his songs on the playlist this week. So if you're listening, you can understand why this guy's a meme rapper. Cause like Young Gravy, yeah, he's got kind of like funny lines in there, and he's not a comedy rapper, but he's not a true rapper rapper. But he's also not a meme rapper either. He's like floats the line. This is a meme rapper. D Bangs is a hundred percent a meme rapper. He refers he refers to himself as uh, Mr. Low Cumstain and uh, the Booty Destroyer. He's trying to lick toes out here. Who isn't? Um, so, uh, he literally has a line where it was like, you pull off that sock, uh, I pull up my dick hard for them toes. And I'm like, man, what a fucking line. Like, and all of his songs consistently are like, man, this, this guy got, he's got some problems. Yeah. I don't know how he comes up with this shit. Um, but it's funny because being a meme rapper from like 2019, he's now transitioned into being an actual rapper and this shit's really fucking good. Still good production. And now is he talks less about licking feet. I'm like, just normal stuff. I guess the country adjacent to that, there's a guy, uh, Wheeler Walker Jr. Who, I mean, it's, it's yeah, a persona. I forgot the guy's actual name, but he's written on a bunch of shows. I think New Girl, uh, I think he wrote some stuff for Conan, James Corden, just great comedy writer. Uh, he used to have a show on Comedy Central and he debuted this character, Wheeler Walker Jr., a country music singer and it was this song for a skit or whatever called eating pussy licking ass <laughs> uh, great song but that would be i guess the country adjacent to that where you know they're just singing about random shit a lot of crash shit but it works yeah and occasionally you have to go listen to it for whatever reason <laughs> well it's funny because that like we're, we're we live in an era where you just need that one TikTok, that one Vine, that one video, that one song to blow up. 
and just lean heavily into it and build your audience. Yeah. And then if you really want to take it seriously, then you just make that transition. Yeah. And you're like, all right, I'm here to write some real serious shit now. Like Oliver Tree was a meme. He started off as a meme and still plays the meme, but he's gotten more serious as he's gone along. He's less and less of a meme. Um, but yeah, you just you gotta find that one thing that just blows you up and then you just fucking take off. Wheeler Walker Jr. has never gone away from the memes. He's just full he's all in on it. hundred percent. And it's working. He sells out fucking everywhere he goes. Biggest song has over fifty million plays now. It's called Fuck You Bitch. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you Fuck you, bitch. You broke my heart. One of the greatest right. country songs of all time. You have you have played that for me. It's funny because that when you played it for me, I was like, this sounds like just a normal thing. Yeah. But like I wouldn't even argue that it's like funny, but more just like crass. I think yeah. you, you use the word crass, I think that's a good way to put it. I'm just like, no, he's speaking from the heart yeah. and it sound it may sound funny, but like that's just how he actually feels with the situation. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, it's cool that most genres have that shit. I think the only equivalent in EDM would be like, there's this thing going on with dubstep producers that, um, they will do, you've, so you've been to one EDM show, Valentino Khan. They'll have like a song, something easy to sing along to a build up, and then a drop. And like, that's it. That's a lot of repetition of that. So dubstep producers will do this thing where they'll do called doubles and triples. And if if you're crazy enough, you can do a quadruple where a double is they'll do the drop, but they'll do two drops at the same time that kind of go well with each other. And sometimes you can do a triple. You can find three drops that just sync up real well and it just creates uh, a really big layering of sound. Um, Dubstep producers also like to do another thing where they'll do a buildup and they'll do like, uh, you know, a four, three, two, one. And they'll fucking do the, the fucking whatever they're going to say. Like, kill that shit. And then they'll rebuild up again and then do another yeah. meme and then rebuild up again and do another meme. There's a there's a TikTok called the endless fucking build up because it literally is just all the most popular build up drop noises and it never gets to a drop. And I guess like that's your way to meme out your fucking crowd yeah. is to just play memes and Such TikTok sounds. Yeah, you fucking just tease your fucking audience all day. Yeah. Um, yeah, com- I think comedy is very important even in music because like, oh yeah, uh, I can't listen to like a. For I know we talked about it the other day. She's fantastic and I love her, but I, I cannot listen to her all day. Is uh, Brandy Carlisle? Yeah. Um, her stuff is real heartfelt and has very. a lot yeah. of power to it. Um, no, she, I. I First song, I, I'd heard of her, but uh, I never really listened to her music until a couple months ago. I heard the song Right On Time, and I was like, fuck, this shit hits. Yeah. No, yeah. Brandon Carlisle is fucking fantastic. I remember, what was it, 2019, 2018, I was really doing a lot of uh, uh, listening to the Grammy stuff, and yeah. I was really into every album and every song and every artist. It was just like a really, really good year for me. Of listening to music because I thought all of them were fantastic, and that Brandy Carlisle album, she gets nominated for album of the year like every year, yeah. And then she always wins in the folk category or the Americana category because that's where she dominates. Um, and it was one of those years I was like, you know what? If Brandy Carlisle wins album of the year, I'd be, you know, you know what? She beat out some very fucking popular people, talented yeah. popular people, and but her record really deserved it because it was like. Mm-hmm 
really, really strong album that year from her. She's a great songwriter. Um, I think, can't be too sure, but I think David Cobb does a lot of the producing. Uh, who He's one of the biggest country producers in the world. Um, works with Chris Stapleton and any big name. Even smaller names he's, start, he's starting to work with. Uh, I think he worked on a couple songs with Flatland Cavalry. Oh, that's dope. Uh, so, Man, yeah. I want to watch some videos on YouTube about producing in country. Because producing and rap in EDM is very straightforward. Yeah. Uh, in EDM, obviously, there is usually just a producer. Maybe they'll ask someone to do some some vocals, uh, but it's just a producer. Rap, producer's got to make your beat, and the rapper's got to be like, yeah, I fuck with this, I'm going to rap to this. Uh, but I, I would love to learn more about um, rock music production and uh, country music production. Yeah. And what does the producer contribute when there already is a full band? Uh, what is it they bring to the table? Yeah. I know Charlie Crockett on his hard um, on his hard times album, he had the producer for the Black Keys, mm-hmm. and I was curious. You know, Charlie does have you know plays guitar and he does have a full band behind him. I wonder what that producer brought that took that album to the next level above all the other albums. Because yes, it's very very good, but I don't have the the ear to like be like. Oh yeah, the way the drums are set up, like this is what you know took it to the next level. I think a lot of it's just the mixing and sound levels and making sure everything. Because in a country song or in a like with an artist like Charlie Crockett, you don't want the band uh, outplaying Charlie Crockett's voice. You want to hear his voice and then hear the band in the background. I think a lot of it's that just trying to find the right levels of everything. Sure, it's very difficult. Yeah, I know. Um, I watched. I did watch a little bit of video on the sound engineering process, the mixing and mastering of like a Kendrick Lamar song, and he played what was recorded and what they have, and he was showing just like, like you see this eight oh eight here, like it's just a little too high, like it's taking, like exactly like I said, it's taking away from Kendrick's vocals. Yeah. Like so, we're gonna go ahead and tone this down just a little bit. And I was like, you hear that little bit of flute in the background? Like, we're just not getting enough of that. I'm going to just bring that up just a bit. And yet the mixing and mastering of it yeah. is really fucking interesting. Like, you really have to have a trained ear. Um, I, I was watching a TikTok recently. I don't know if you've, if you've seen any like it of, um, of sound engineers and their experiences with different artists. Have you seen any TikToks? I have not. Um, there was one I saw of this guy. He was like got another story of worst artist to work with and i was like Ooh, who is it gonna be this time and he talked about how like the artist was just rude to him the whole time was late and you know and just being an asshole and being like who the fuck are you like what are you doing here and the guy's like literally like hey man hired by your label I'm just here for the session like and he was like you're doing everything wrong and just yelling at him and just being mad i was like damn man what a fucking dick and like especially because he didn't not- say who it was uh, he does he does it who end. was it uh uh he uh let me see if you can guess uh recently held a festival and people okay. died there um Kanye. <laughs> um fucking travis scott. travis scott man i'm just like i get it if you're like if an if a rapper is like oh man these three producers aren't bringing me good beats we're wasting our time in the session yeah. but this is your sound engineer who his whole job is just to take notes take notes and listen and then make fine minor adjustment to things he's not affecting the artistic process at all why are you getting mad at your sound engineer 
You're just just being dick. His he has power and he can. Oh That's man. What, what it boils down to. I wonder how Kanye is in the studio. Like I wonder like he's probably a dick as well. You see him uh, at the live event or whatever. Uh, his no. mic stopped working and he just fucking threw the thing. <laughs> no, I did not see that. Yeah. I I had heard um, he played Donda 2, which uh, cost $200 to get because you got to buy his Donda stem player yeah. fucking whatever, uh, which is, clearly the album's going to come out on normal streaming platforms eventually. Um, he's just doing his fucking thing. He's like, artists aren't making enough money. And I was like, artists aren't making enough money. Like, you literally, yeah. like, could own the state of Georgia if you wanted to. You're that rich. Like, I, I don't know what you're talking I about. I get, like, smaller artists. Yeah, they're being fucked out of it. But, you know, someone like Taylor Swift or Kanye West. Being like, I'm not getting enough money. Worth, oh, what, oh, well over $100 million easily. I think, because uh, I was listening to another podcast uh, talking about, like, Kanye's net worth. Because kind of been in the news a lot lately, the whole Julia Fox thing and all the con the Kim stuff. Yeah, but like he's, I think his net worth is like over a billion dollars. So I wouldn't be surprised now with the easy the clothing brand shit. The clothing brand I think is where he makes his money now. He doesn't make money off of his music. It's Um, like I think Jay Z came out with an alternate platform, whatever, because again, artists weren't making enough money. That guy's a billionaire. Like I don't shut the fuck up. No, that's a. The one who I feel like I'm surprised, um, he kind of blew up outside of his industry and then just literally disappeared until the Super Bowl was uh, fucking Dre. Yeah. Dre was like, I'm a rapper, producer, cool, cool, cool. I'll make these headphones and be like, all right, I, I, I guess, you know, sure. Sold that shit to Apple and was like, peace, I'm done. Yep. I'm not going to say shit no more. I got my money. I got my paycheck. And uh, so it was kind of surprising actually to see him at the at the Super Bowl. Good to see him back though. Yeah, I'm surprised he can walk and talk and. Remember, I mean, he was in a coma. Yeah, man, for that was scary. a while. Yeah, it was fucking scary. I was like, damn, are we gonna fucking lose Dre? Um, Snoop, I fucking Snoop. Snoop is so much older than he looks because he's like he's in his sixties. Yeah. Um, but you know what keeps him healthy? The weed. Honestly. Um, Weed, I mean, Willie Nelson is still performing. He's like 80 years old. Oh, he's kicking, man. He's he's doing it, man. He's fucking living the dream out there. Um, fucking Cheech and Chong, both of them, fucking, they're they're old as shit. I saw um, Chong on a fucking podcast recently, and they're like, damn, he's old as shit. Yeah. But, like, he's still fucking rocking, man. I love going back, watching that 70s show anytime fucking Tommy Chong comes on. It's so great. <laughs> Oh man, both of them are so fucking. Fun. I love. Um, I was talking to someone recently, and they had never seen the movie Tin Cup before, and I was like, "Never seen? You've seen Tin Cup, have you?" Of course. And so, uh, fucking Cheech Marine is just so fucking funny in that movie. Yeah. Just as literally just being the caddy and being the best friend. Um, he just, he has such great life advice. I love the scene where he fuck where uh, fucking Tin Cup breaks all of his clubs except for the seven iron, and he plays the rest of his round with just the seven iron. Oh man, fucking! I'm trying to think. I can't remember. I just, I'm not even gonna mention it. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> it wouldn't make sense. I don't have any of the information. Just, oh, okay, you're just rem- like I'm trying to remember. Something. I have an interesting story to tell. I was like, yeah. well, go ahead then. Be like, oh, I don't have it. <laughs> no, I, well, I'm, I'm, no, I get you. I get yeah. you. I get you. Um, but uh, man, um, there was there's a. I really have been like, I think ever since I saw that trailer for 
the Kurt Warner movie. I'm like, man, I want a feel good sports movie, but I don't know which one to watch. And I have been quoting Sandlot a lot lately. So I'm like, maybe, maybe it's time for a Sandlot rewatch. Um, that movie always, always puts a smile on my face. That was one of like three movies I would always watch before going to bed as a kid. Like my dad would put on for me. It was like the Sandlot, uh, original, the original Star Wars trilogy or, uh, Starship Troopers, baby. Oh, classic. Uh, the best, uh, anti-war propaganda movie there ever existed. 100%. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, Sandlot. Uh, did you ever watch the sequels to Sandlot? No, I didn't want to ruin the first Sandlot. Yeah, they were they were not good. It was, um, I think Sandlot three. It was like an all girls team too. Um, it was it was not a great not a great. Yeah, yeah. No, the Sandlot is you know top five sports movies of all time. Everyone still quotes you know you play ball like a girl. Duh, I used the, it the other it's day. One of the most famous comebacks of all time. <laughs> Uh, did you get that thing pulled up you're trying to figure out? No. No. I don't even right. know what to look for. It was a movie that Cheech and Chong, like it, the movie was made for them. Uh, someone else did it. Movie became a hit. And, uh, you know, they asked Cheech and Chong later, like, so why did you guys turn down that movie? And uh, they were like, we didn't even get the proposal. <laughs> we didn't know we were supposed <laughs> to do it. Well, it's funny. A lot of, um, there's so many, I think the internet just in this week because there's, there's lots of going on which we won't talk about or go into but uh it's right. crazy how quick we can get misinformation on stuff or like thinking get blown out of proportions i don't did you see the headline about tom brady this week no he is going to produce and star in a, a road trip comedy movie and it's got some uh i can't remember all the actors because they're all older comedic actors and uh, i was like Whose idea was this? Because he's not only starring it, he's producing it as well. And so um, I guess that's the direction. He's like, we're done with football. We're not going to take a break. We're going right into acting, baby. Like, we're doing the Peyton Manning over here. Which, he was kind of funny on SNL the one time he hosted. Peyton or um, Eli? Uh, no, Tom. Oh, Tom. Uh, he was like, kind of. but He like, just, I, I don't know. Sorry. I don't, I don't. I think he is a great like media personality. No, and that's what I mean. I'm like, I'm curious, like, whose idea was this? Was like this his whole dream his whole time? Like, yeah, I really always wanted to act, and like this is finally my opportunity. Or like, was he just paid tons? I don't think there was money. He doesn't no. need the money, so I don't know. I I hope it's good. Uh, but we have, you know, Peyton has proven just how fucking funny he is. Yes. Um, which uh, what was the name of the show you showed me with um? Will Arnett, and at the he's a cop, and he's solving the mysteries. Oh, um, got Marshawn Lynch in uh, it, and Kamel Nanjiani. That's the show see. I feel Peyton would do well on. Yeah, um, he just uh, so the premise of the show. While you're looking it up, is uh, there's a cop, Murderville, Murderville. Thank you. Um, I guess you're probably the better one to talk about since you've seen it. Yeah, so it's sort of like a sketch comedy kind of thing. Um, so the basic premise of the show is Will Arnett is a murder detective, homicide detective. Uh, every episode, you know, he they bring in a new partner for him. So I know one of the partners is Marshawn Lynch. One is uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Um, what's his name? 
Chow from Hangover, Ken Jong. Uh, Ken Jong, yeah. Uh, he's another one. Um, but so Will Arnett has a script, right? Like he's reading off his script essentially. Uh, they don't give any of the guest stars the script, so they're having to improvise everything on the spot. And Kumail did a great job. He even got Will Arnett to break uh, multiple times. <laughs> um, and I love the fact that it it keeps the keeps those in the times they break. But fantastic show. Uh, definitely recommend watching it. It's only like six episodes. So one of the things I heard about the show, and I want to see if you can confirm for me. So they also at the end of the episode. They asked the guest star who they yeah. thought did the murder. They have to literally also yeah. solve the murder, too, without having the script, which I think is fucking hilarious. Uh, not only do they have to try to be funny and entertaining, but then they also have to pay attention and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, who who was it the janitor who killed him? Um, but, uh, yeah, that's a show I definitely want to put on my list because uh, just a little bit I watched with you is really fucking funny. I think I found the movie to I believe it was Stripes that was supposed to be oh. Cheech and Chong joining the military. Okay, instead, instead of Bill Murray. Of, yeah. Which, yeah, obviously, we watched a clip from that the other day and just how fucking funny um, that movie is and just... Uh, the, so great. Yeah, where just fucking Bill Murray's just fucking ad-libbing all the shit. He's just like, nah, I got this. I don't need yeah. no script. <laughs> um, God, man, he is so talented. I think, like, I wonder... You know more about Bill Murray than I do. I don't know what his background was. Was it just graduated from high school, went to college acting or? So I believe he tried to go to college and he dropped out to, uh, he went to second city in Chicago with his, his brother was there. Um, his older brother, he was performing there. Dan Aykroyd, I think was on the same cast. I mean, just star studded second city, um, cast Bill Murray went up there to audition. He made it. So got started at Second City, then moved. Uh, I think he did some stuff with the National Lampoon, their r- radio show, and then went to SNL, and from there took the fuck off. Yeah. So, which, I mean, it's just so crazy because I guess that Second City is where he really honed his craft, yeah. really. Because, uh, yeah, his ability to improv is just next level. Oh, yeah. Like, it feels like most movie, most of his movies in the 90s, for sure, uh, he, they didn't write anything. They're just no. like... Uh, and Bill enters the scene now, and they just let it fucking roll. Well, that's what. Cause, so on that, um, I'll just send you that interview. It's a uh, uh, Bill Murray sitting down with Eli Manning. It's like a oh, fourteen-minute yeah. interview thing. It's great. Um, but he was talking. You know, Eli was like, "So how much of Stripes was just improvised?" And he was like, "Probably ninety percent of it." Yeah. He was like, "They would hand us a script and say, this is what you're gonna say,' and we would just be like, no, we're not.'" <laughs> uh, um, there's a isn't there a movie coming out soon? I don't know if if you'd seen it or not. I I don't know where I heard this from about. I think Daniel Radcliffe's going to do a completely improv movie. That there is they have like a a general outline of like the purpose of the movie, but other than that, it's completely ad libbed. Have you heard anything about this? No. Is it like a comedy or? I think so. I think it's supposed to be a comedy. It could work then. Yeah, but like Daniel Radcliffe isn't like a a great comedian. At least I don't think he is like a great improv comedian. He is uh, after leaving Harry Potter and being able to kind of just be free to do his own thing. He has put out quite a few bangers. Um, what was the movie where he's carrying around the dead body? Oh, um, I can't remember the name. Yeah, of it, I know that I know movie is super. Yeah. Oh, is it? No, I was gonna say it's Tinker Soldier. Uh, 
Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, but that's a no. completely different movie. Um, it's like Midnight Man or something. Midnight something. Mm. But that movie is super funny. He he is actually pretty fucking funny. Um, and I just saw they released the first picture of him in costume for the Weird Al Yankovic biopic. Uh, they're, doing, <laughs> they're doing a biography. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, and so I'm like, you know, I'm excited. I, Swiss I, Army Man. Swiss Army Man, thank you. Um, but yeah, like... I I think I think he's gonna do pretty well. Uh, he's a pretty funny dude. Um, but yeah, Weird Al movie. Uh, I'm excited for that. That should be good. Yeah, I always think I could be like the rated R version of Weird Al. Yeah, well, that's that is pop. That's meme pop. Yeah, that's yeah. meme pop music. Yeah, that's what Weird Al was doing. Yeah. Um, what's it? Oh man, there was something I was gonna go into, and I finally I don't know why I finally remembered it. We're talking about Daniel Radcliffe. Um, so today, today is what the 20, it's two twenty four. It's Kobe and Gigi day. Uh, correct. Yes, it is. Uh, rest peace. We love y'all. Um, yesterday when we had planned on recording, um, was a interesting day. It was the one year anniversary since Daft Punk had announced their retirement and they're breaking up and the day prior on the two, 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 two day, the yeah. Tuesday, um, they'd released a 25th anniversary of their first album, their 1997 album homework, which had a bunch of new remixes and stuff. And then they also started a Twitter account and, and everyone was like, Oh my God, like they're coming back. And then instantly in their bio it was like 1997 to 2021. They're like, no, we're still dead. Yeah. But we, it's the 25th anniversary of the album. And we have something special for you. So they live streamed a uh, never before seen footage of a concert they did in 1997 without wearing the helmets. Oh, shit. And so it was just them just I think it was like an hour long playing just house music and some of the original tracks of a homework uh, before it was released. And uh, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I saw some clips on Twitter and um, man, I, I and then I also found another 1997 mix from them. Um, and I was like, damn, you could put that out today and people would be like, that's fire. That's some good shit right there. Like, well, I mean, they were just so far ahead of the times. hundred um, percent. They, they're God, man. Just listening. I've been listening to discovery a lot too from them. Their second album or ooh, that's actually, I think their third album, the 2001 album. That's the one that's got uh, one more time aerodynamic, harder, better, faster, stronger, yeah. digital love. Like it, it just absolute wall to wall bangers. Um, yeah, man, they were just so fucking ahead of their time. And way, way far ahead. Yeah, and uh, open the really open the doors for what you could do with mixing that like dance pop. Yeah, um, and they weren't strictly just like an EDM like club thing. Um, but yeah, Daft Punk, man, listening to a lot of them too. Um, I just forgot how good they were. Um, because they're uh, I was curious. I want to ask you this question. I thought about this the other day. There are a lot of bands that we talk about. Like, wow, the Beatles are great. You know, the Eagles and all that. But do you ever have a band where you recognize they're really great, but then you forget how great they really were? You go, go. I'm gonna listen to so and so today, and you listen, and go, holy fuck! I forgot all these bangers. Yeah. I mean, Dwight Yoakam is one of those guys I always forget. I was listening through his whole catalog this week, and I was like, just banger after banger. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would say Boston. You know, Boston's one of my personal all-time favorites, but then I always go back and listen and seems like every song I'm remembering oh yeah they're fucking great um yeah those two specifically always forget Dean Martin you know I know it's older you know like 50s 60s 
yeah. jazz music, but I always forget just how huge Dean Martin was. I think the band for me that that happens to is um, uh, Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Like, I'll go through and be like, yeah, Led Zeppelin got some bangers, and then I actually just pick out an album and go, oh, fuck, you'll have a lot more than I remembered. Yeah. Um, Led Zeppelin and ACDC. They, uh, Dude, yeah. Just banger after banger. Ooh, Metallica, too. Like, some of their slower songs are some of the songs that I really fuck with, like, one. Um, and then, ah, oh, man, I... I I'm going to spend more time listening to Metallica. That's not my genre, but like I fuck with them really, really hard. Yeah. I think they're super dope. Um, but yeah, man, there's so much good music and that's yeah. why I'm glad we have this podcast. Cause like oh, yeah. I get exposed to new music and then I get to rediscover music from my past and go, wow, I forgot how good this was. Molly Cruz, another old rock fan that Yo. Like, I, did, I didn't even realize. So they just had a documentary movie come out about them. Um, great movie uh, very intense but great movie but yeah just started listening to the music and I was like god damn didn't even know this was Motley Crue but I've loved this song for so fucking long dude I had that happen recently I god I wish I could remember who it was but yeah I, thank you for bringing that up because I I want to I want more bands like that where I'm yeah. like oh fuck like you finally attach a song name to a song that you've heard a million times yeah. you just never attached a title or band to um, I love I love when that yeah. happens and I hate I hate when like you have a lyric stuck in your head you're like I don't know what that song is from yeah. what that lyric is from like I can't there's nothing I could do about it <laughs> I don't know band I don't know song name I just know this one lyric like uh, and it's always generic so you can't type it yeah. in and I just search for it like a, there was a so Brooks and Dunn, they're one of my favorite country bands of all time. It's actually the 30th year of the release of Neon Moon. The, oh, probably the greatest country song ever released. Um, but there's there's a lyric in a song, hardworking man, where he says, I'm getting pretty good at barely getting by. Fucking light clicked in my head. Oh, so great. <laughs> it's just the greatest feeling when you finally, it's like, you know, getting an itch on your back you can't reach it or something it's like it's on the tip of your tongue and you're like i just it's it's right there i know and you wish you could remember the lyrics right before and right after because you feel like there's probably a pretty big uh, hint in there yeah the name of the song yeah Uh, but um i had that happen recently not with lyrics but with the beat i was listening to that 97 um uh daft punk mix and so I was listening to it, and I was like, oh, cool, yeah, this song's real cool, whatever. And they're playing a lot of different stuff, and, you know, uh, they got to one song, and they're playing it. I was like, damn, this song slaps. I was like, oh, it's familiar. That's why I like it. And I was like, why is it familiar? And there's no lyrics. It was just kind of the beat playing yeah. of the song. And I was like, oh, dude, this Young Gravy song. And I was like, oh, no, this isn't the Young Gravy song. This is the song he sampled yeah. to make that song. And then the whole time I was like, the way I was trying to remember, I was like, I couldn't remember what song it was either, and I still didn't figure it out. But I was just like, I could kind of like feel the Young Gravy lyrics. I was like, which one of the generic lyrics about MILFs is it that he's saying over yeah. this beat here? Um, and I like, yeah, worked my way through solving that. Um, but yeah, scratching that itch, like, it's, it's kind of nice that we have fucking a computer in our pocket nowadays because we had that happen at work. We were like, what was that thing? And it was like, we have a phone. Yeah. Let's just Google it. And it's quick to be like, cool. 
is one one of uh, one of the people at work was like, like y'all are lucky. Like back in my day, if we just didn't remember it, we just didn't remember it. Yeah. And it was like there was no Google. And I was like, wow, you're old. Yeah, <laughs> must have fucking sucked. Yeah, man. Which um, I, I I don't want to go into it too much because um, it's still like a developing thing, but. It's crazy living through world history. Yeah. Yeah. Our whole lives, I feel like we've been alive and we've seen so many major events that will be in like textbooks. Yeah. Some events that are already in textbooks, like 9 11. And it's like, wow, isn't this crazy? We're going to have grandkids. They're going to be like, uh, Grandpa, Grandpa, tell us about when such and such started. Yeah. And be like, well, you know, I was just fucking recording a podcast yeah. about music and yeah, it was a, crazy. Tell us what it was like to be in quarantine during the COVID pandemic. Well, I was just, you know, jerking off and playing video games <laughs> i was like well there was a little thing called animal crossing yeah. that came out and yeah. that's what kept us alive it kept us sane yeah um yeah man there was a it was funny when quarantine first started that was when i was like i had heard and i was like oh i think it's coming out soon was lego star wars the yeah. skywalker saga and i was like oh man this is perfect i've got a long weekend you know i'm stuck here because uh, it was like I had gotten sick one of the weekends and I wasn't sure if it was COVID or not. And so I called to work. I was like, hey, like, I'm just not sure. Like, I'm going to go get tested. And they're like, oh, okay, it's fine. So I was at home for like a week, just not working. And I was so bored. And I was like, oh, Lego Star Wars is coming out. This is perfect. I'll like fill my time playing this game. Nah, that game 2022 now still hasn't come out yet. It was like, oh, yeah, they had announced it. And yeah. they're like, it's coming out later this year. And I was like, oh, cool. Maybe in the fall I'll get to play it. Um, fall came around, didn't get to play it. 2021 passed, didn't, nothing. Yeah. And finally, they showed gameplay and they're like, it's coming this year. When this year? Next question. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. I know when I, I think I had, I had to quarantine for two weeks uh, because I was exposed to it through someone else. Um, but it was like right at the beginning, so you couldn't get tested unless you had a fever over it was like 100.1 or something. I didn't have a fever, didn't have any symptoms, but they wouldn't let me back at work until after that two weeks was up. So me and my buddy were just grinding Call of Duty all fucking day. <laughs> I got pretty fucking good. Yo, that's fucking dope. I, I, um, I took some time off uh, last Christmas, and I was like, I didn't, because of the, the way work worked for us when we were still working there uh, together, and uh, there are no days off. Like No. And so even during quarantine, it was like, oh, cool. Yeah, just you know, we're outside. So you're fine. Just keep a distance. Yeah. And so most people were like, oh, I'm stuck home. Like, don't have to go to work. Us, it was like, oh, that's cool. There's a global pandemic going on. I, was yeah. Like, yeah, well, we I still got, have to go to work. Yeah, we still have to go to yeah. work. Um, and so I didn't really get to take any time off. So that Christmas, I took some time off to just literally the whole plan was like, I'm taking a five day, you know, uh like an extended weekend like i'm just here to fucking play video game baby and i played the shit out of Assassin's creed odyssey yeah and i was like that was the best fucking weekend ever i was like oh, yeah. no one bothered me i'm here to sit at my fucking computer and play video games yeah, it's always great when you finally get time to just sit down and do that i know this past weekend me and brock were just grinding red dead redemption online it looked really fun it is yeah oh. a lot of fun yeah uh i'm hopefully um because i'm busy i'm, I'm like relatively busy this weekend because uh, I have some friends in town that uh, but the new Destiny campaign fuck I'm just I'm in love with it man like yeah. I've been playing this game since uh, Destiny 1 came out in 2013 so I've been playing this game for 9 years and um, I've had my gripes with the game and I have stepped away from it for a small period of time like a month or so um, but I always get pulled back in it, it, it's a really fun game 
this is probably like um there i think last year when beyond light came out in 2020 and 2020 that was probably the best time to come in as a new player yeah because i think the game was interesting and cool and a lot of new things to do or if you're a returning destiny one player and you're like oh, i didn't like destiny one i'm gonna give this a try good time to start this is still a good time to start um and join in the game but it really hits home for the players who've been invested since day one. Oh, I'm sure. It's like one of those where it's like we've heard a, we've heard rumors and we've heard stuff like lore stuff in the game being like, yeah, they, they've mentioned this character before and or they've mentioned this thing before. And it's this is the first expansion where I'm like, finally, we're getting some like climactic like it's all coming together. Yeah. Um, in addition to gameplay is fun, new weapons, new locations modes and things it just i feel like there's a little bit of of everything for everyone and this is the first time since 2016 that the community as a whole has just said bungie 10 out of 10 this was it fix this one little thing but other than that yeah everyone's in agreement might have to try to get back into it only problem is i don't really play a ton of video games maybe on the weekends occasionally but even then I feel like I'm always busy. Always too busy. I think, um, which we, we don't have a ton of time to talk about, but I did want to bring it up, is you had mentioned Elden Ring, and I didn't honestly know too much about it. I, I You hear Elden, and immediately I think of Elder Scrolls. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but no, not related at all. Um, it does kind of sit in a high fantasy type of world where yeah. you have knights and mages and stuff. Um, I was watching some gameplay of that game, and uh, it's from the guys that do Dark Souls, Demon Souls, um, uh, Bloodborne, where it's brutally like uh, difficult. Yeah, you it's you every time you die, it's not like oh the game bugged out or the game's fault or glitch or whatever. It is your fault. Yeah, it is just like the mechanics are like this is this is it. This is the game, and you just learn your boss fights, and it just seems epic. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to check that one out. I'll wait a little bit just to see what it's like. I don't, I'm sketchy about buying anything on PS4 anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like a lot of companies are just kind of abandoning the last gen, which I guess understandably so. But yeah, um, it's well, it's also kind of hard too to just abandon play old gen right now because like you still can't reliably get a PlayStation five yeah. or an Xbox series X or whatever. I think that's what the newest one is called. Um, you still can't reliably get them. I think that's when you can reliably buy them. Then it's like, okay, we can start phasing the old one yeah. out. Um, but, uh, that game looks super cool. Um, have you heard of the game Sifu? I have not. Uh, so it's a completely different developer, but they were inspired from the, from software guys. Um, they wanted to have brutally difficult, um, you know, mechanics and bosses and like a type of game where you can lose to some loser enemy right at the start of the game. It's like that difficult type of yeah. thing. But they were like, we, we want to have very crisp controls and like good combo mechanics in your fighting. And, uh, instead of having like swords or bows or magic, as you could have like a, in dark souls or demon souls, it is about karate. Okay. So you are like stringing together karate moves and leg sweeps and stuff and throws and uh, the environment is very interactable. You see a bottle on the ground, you can kick the bottle at some guy's face and stuff. It's interesting. Um, yeah, it's 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 a like the best way to explain it is the karate version of Dark Souls. Yeah, 
brutally difficult. Um, it is a roguelike, which are you familiar with that genre? No. So roguelikes are a relatively newer genre that's gaining popularity um, where you play the game, you die because it's your first time playing. Usually it's so difficult and you learn as you play the same sequence again over and over again oh, okay. and you get further and further until eventually um, you either the game provides you the ability to unlock abilities and keep them permanent for every new playthrough yeah. so that you can get further and further or you're just learning of the game is what allows you to gain further. Um, and so that's how this game works where like every time you die, you gain an age. You start at age 20. Every time you die, you go to 21. And then the next time you die, you get two years until you reach 80 and you die. Or I think it's like 65 or whatever. And then you die. Um, that would but, frustrate me. Yeah. Like beyond like, end. It would, I'd get pissed. I'd, yeah. I'd probably break my PlayStation if I had to restart every fucking time. Because the the refreshing thing about the game is that, like, you get to a point where you're 50 years old, you're on the final stage, and it's like, you don't, you can't ever really get those years back. Yeah. So you're just like, okay, I have 15 years, 15 deaths or less, because sometimes you get multiple years in a death, where you just got to go, okay, this is the run, like, I have to fucking do it, yeah. or else I start all the way back over at age 20 and start the whole fucking game over again. So you have to like have a good consistent run the whole way through yeah. so that you have enough leeway room to in case you fuck up on that final boss or whatever. So it's very frustrating. Um, but yeah, video games. I love video games and I'm happy to start to get back into them now. That's what I'm trying. Slowly I'm trying to get a little bit further back into them. I think once we get NCAA 2023... I'll be playing that every fucking day. Exactly, because it's it's very needed. We yes. need it. That um, and EA Golf. Once that finally comes back, which are should they be making? yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be this year, but if not this year, next year it'll come out. Nice. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be so much fun. I like two K golf, but it was, you know, I I think. Um, I didn't like that you could. They didn't have like a free play mode really, yeah. where you could play as your favorite PGA Tour star. They um, had them in the game. You just couldn't play as them. Exactly. So I just is, didn't What's understand. the point in having them in the game? Exactly. I just didn't. But I don't know. They're learning. Next year's game will be better. Um, but uh, you got anything? Any last bit before we wrap up here? No. Go listen to Sierra Farrell. That's all I have. Sweet. Well, we want to thank you guys again for listening. This has been episode number 33 of Rifts on Tap. If you liked um, what you heard today, Please share it, you know, go follow us, uh, tweet about it, Instagram post, TikTok, whatever, any kind of support. We love it. We thank you all for listening every single week. If you would like to listen to some of the music that we've talked about today, we have our playlist on Spotify and Apple Music updated weekly uh, with some of the stuff we're listening to. A lot of the artists we talk about or you're going to see them on that playlist like a Sierra Farrell. Uh, like a D-Bangs or Young Gravy or any of the crazy stuff I'm listening to. Um, But if you want the links to all that, head over to RiffsOnTap.com. You have all the links there, Spotify, Apple Music, where to find um, links to share any of our stuff. Uh, But it really does help us out uh, if you share uh, our episode, tell people about it, you know, give us some likes and all that good stuff. But thank you all so much, uh, and we will see you all next week. Bye-bye.